welcome to Music She Missed, the podcast where I attempt to get my best friend caught up in some of the most popular songs and artists that impact our lives. I'm Allison. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I missed all the music. Yes, you did. Rachel, we are here at the very last episode Mm. of season six. Season six that has lasted forever. Yeah, the longest season on record, for sure. (laughs) Um, Life happened in between. It's fine. That's okay. We're not giving up on the get you caught up in music train. Because I hate to tell you, more music has come out since we started this show. So we have now more ground to cover. Mm, Because at first when we started, we were like, oh, we're going to just plan a couple seasons. Oh, Allison just said we planned out nine seasons. I never said a couple seasons. I had 10 seasons of playlists ready to go from the before we even started. (laughs) And what's really fun is finding um, friends who can come on the show and bring in artists that I didn't consider or different perspectives. So that's really exciting for me. I like that. I like that a lot. I think um, us having our guest hosts have really brought a different aspect to um, the podcast. And um, I'm excited for this upcoming artist. But you usually have a question. What's your question this time? Uh, my question this time is, what's your favorite dead language? What? Dead language? Huh. Oh, I know. What? So there is a dead um, Scandinavian language um, in the, um, from the Arctic area, um, from Sweden, Denmark, Norway area, from the Vikings. So cool. At least I have an answer to the question. You too. That was not what I was expecting. Mine's Latin. Latin? Okay. So are we going to do a drum roll? Um. Yeah, sure. Drum roll. Latin. Explosion. Wait, the band's called Latin Explosion? No. This season finale is a, um, what's the word? Biopic, multi-era overview of Latin influences in American music. Starting at La Bamba, which you already know about, and going all the way to present day. Huh. Hope you like Spanish. So, wait a second. So, it's not just one artist. It's, we're kind of going into a theme? Yeah. So, um, can you guess who the special guest host is? Well, my thing is, don't we usually do that for the bonus episodes? Well, we're not this time. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay, our guest host, guest host. I don't know. Who do we know that loves Latin America and speaks Spanish and has been on this show before as a guest host who's married to a Mexican-American? Michelle Whitney Houston. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is our friend Michelle. And she has assembled for you what I think is maybe the most fun playlist we have ever had on this show. Um, It goes through a bunch of different artists, some of whom I'll name for you now and see if they ring a bell. Okay. Um, Wait, wait, wait. I need to get my bell out. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Gloria Estefan. That's the um, tennis player, right? From Heidelberg in Germany. Right? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Um, Selena. Oh, she did that movie, but then died. She did die. Yes. Ricky Martin. Oh, yes. He has those pants that keep moving. <laughs> uh, I just want to say for our listeners, Rachel shimmying right now. Um, Enrique Iglesias. Oh, yes. I have a friend who likes to say his name because he likes to roll the R's. I'm sorry. Enrique. Enrique. Uh, and just, let's see, Santana. I don't know him, but I feel like I should. 
Awesome. So there's a bunch more and we'll leave some of them to be surprises for the episode. But I have to say that my son and I listened to this playlist a lot. We made gazpacho and had a Latin explosion party in my kitchen and it was great. And I think you're going to have a lot of fun listening to this, even though it's not summer and you're not by the pool. (laughs) I know that's what I was saying. I was like, so we chose January. Uh, I chose this playlist back in April, so it oh, was cool ready. Get into it for the pool. Well, sorry, I had to work this summer. Womp There's womp. always 2022. Hmm. I could always find someone. I don't know. I could go to their indoor pool or something. Get my pool opportunities accomplished. Rachel, it sounds like you've heard of some of these artists. Um, <laughs> And we know you already know La Bamba. So on a scale of one to 10, where would you rate your current knowledge of Latin music in America? Mm, I'm thinking about a five. More than a one for sure. Because I know you have heard of some of the people on this list. So that's pretty good. So Rachel, you're going to listen to the Latin Explosion Through the Years playlist every day for a week. And then next week we'll see Michelle and she'll give you the ins and outs of... Uh, Latin influenced music here in the States. There we go. Rachel, see you next week, and audience will be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back. Rachel, you spent the last week listening to our very carefully curated playlist, Latin Explosion Through the Years. And here to talk about it is our Latin Explosion curator herself, our friend Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, I'm so excited to be back. Yes, I'm so excited. And thank you so much for doing Whitney Houston and now Latin. Wow, you just know so much. Girl, I can geek out about music all day long. (laughs) It's true. So Michelle, I was hoping we could start by you telling Rachel why you wanted to do this specific journey through time for this episode. So the other day I was listening to the radio, which like never happens anymore because now I've got Spotify. Um, And I was, I know, and I was shocked at how many songs were including Spanish um, either in the language or in the beat, or it was an uh, artist who was singing in English. And I kind of just started thinking to myself, like, how did we get here? Like, how did we get to the point where American radio in the middle of, you know, like the middle of nowhere, I'm listening to these Hispanic songs or these songs sung, sung in a different language. Mm-hmm. And it's just the most normal thing. And so I really started kind of asking myself that question. And as I started looking through it, I just thought that the history was so fascinating. And I know when you first started your Music She Missed um, journey, you were not ready for so many different genres. Um, Mm -hmm. You were working on what is pop and what is R&B, right? Um, But I think that now that you have learned so much I felt like I could give you like a big giant piece of steak that is the Latin music and it wouldn't be like so overwhelming because I could explain to you that there are multiple genres and multiple different types and sounds and um, flavors, if you will, and hopefully kind of explain our journey of how in the world do we hear it on the radio now in America. So um, thank you for what you were sharing with me, Michelle. I think one of the things that I'm kind of coming out of this week is finding the genre within the genre. And so I have a question for you. What is the difference between in Latin music from Spain, from Mexico, from South America, from Tex-Mex? Or what does that like where, where, where I got a little confused. <laughs> And I want to piggyback on that question, uh, Michelle, and ask you if bossa nova and Brazilian music is included in Latin music. Well, first of all, I just need to like state for our listeners, I am not an expert in in Latin American music 
or Latin music at all. But I will say that I've been listening to a lot because this question has come up and I've been listening to um, like Code Switch, which is a purely mm-hmm. like Latin America, Latinx people podcast. And it talks about these things. And what, that's one of the big questions. And there are even actual experts who study Latin music who don't really have an answer of what Latin music is. So some people would say it has to do with the rhythm or it has to do with the instruments. But then some people would say, no, it's based on what language you're speaking. But then if you're talking about Brazilian music, well, they speak more Portuguese. So does that mean it doesn't count? Is it only from the country that they're in? Because does Texas, if, you know, if I'm a, let's say like I'm Cardi B and I'm from New York, does that not count then as Latin American music? So I think that that's a great question. There is no official answer of what Latin American music is. And I think the thing that's really cool about music is that we don't have to pigeonhole it into a certain, like Mexican music always sounds like this or Haitian music always sounds like this. And the more that I actually had the opportunity to research these specific songs that I was putting on the list, the more I realized just how blended so much of Latin American music is. And so some of the genres that you will hear in Latin music to be a little specific would be bachata, salsa, cumbia, merengue, mariachi, norteño or rancho, which is kind of what I always thought was called Tex-Mex. It's called like norteño music, reggaeton, uh, trap is a new one that's coming out. Um, Well, new to us, right? It's been around forever. (laughs) But then there's also just Latin rap and Latin R&B and Latin pop. And so Latin rock. So like all of the genres that we have in English, they have in all different languages, including in Spanish. But there are some that are more specific to Spanish, like bachata, salsa, cumbia. And in my opinion, I would put bossa nova and samba in there, yeah. um, even though that's very different. I mean, it's, it's got a specific genre, but so does reggaeton. So I think that that's a fantastic question. And you are now asking big expert level questions that even the experts don't know the answer to. <laughs> I've hit the mark. I'm at season, end of season five. I'm there. Yay. You did it. See, this is why we couldn't do this one in season one. <laughs> yes. I can totally see how a lot of this would just go over my head. And honestly, it's just, that's why, you know, I need Allison and Allison's friends to really be able to guide my musical experience because if I had things in wrong orders, you know, my life would be in shambles. So, <laughs> um, Since Rachel's life falling apart is based entirely on this podcast, um, Michelle, I was hoping that you could explain to Rachel the scope of this playlist, where you started and the kind of timeline we're going to be covering. Um, yeah. So we started with La Bamba, which you were already familiar with. And I did that on purpose. Um, So I want to back up even before La Bamba a little bit. Uh, La Bamba was recorded in 1958. But before we could even get to that point where it's like on the American radar in any way, there were actually some things that were happening in the 40s that I thought was really interesting. Um, I watched a, a thing on HBO called The Latin Explosion, if you're interested in watching a documentary about music. And um, they talked about um, musicians in the 40s and 50s in New York, and they had live bands in the clubs. And a lot of these live bands were doing mambo, and they were bringing in a lot of Latin infusion and Cuban music or Haitian music. And so with that, the popularity increased. And then... um, everybody's favorite show in the fifties. I love Lucy. I was about to ask if like Desi Arnaz is the, is like the reflection of the explosion of like, he's Cuban, right? Yes. Um, of that music, like onto the American music scene. 
that's exactly right. And so the, the way that the documentary explained it was that Desi Arnaz in I Love Lucy brought Latino sounds into an American living room for the first time. Hmm. And I thought that that was really cool because as a kid, for me, I always kind of fast forwarded through Ricky singing those songs. I was like, sorry, this is lame. I'm not interested. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that had like a really, that was a really big deal. And so then not Did you just watch this- that, Rachel? Yeah, I've, I've watched I Love Lucy. I, I grew up with I Love Lucy and I love all the Nick and Knight gang. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so even though all of that happened in the 40s and 50s, if it hadn't been for I Love Lucy and Desi Arnaz, I'm not sure we could have had songs like La Bamba and Tequila in the late 50s. So those start technically in 1958. Um, and so I had both of those on there because I felt like they were really important. Um, one of the things that I thought was really cool was La Bamba um, is the only song on the Rolling Stones top 500 of all time that is not in English. Whoa. That That's makes sense. Cool. Very cool. And so I know that you had already heard that song before, but I felt like it really needed to st- kick off this playlist of like, no, this was a really important song. Well, one of the things that I learned through your playlist that you created that, and honestly, Allison, we need to tell this to all future guest stars that if you really want Rachel to like your playlist, you got to make sure that first song is the song. And La Bamba really did that for this, this whole week. And Mm -hmm. and that's really important that we need to give that little plug to our (laughs) guest hosts. Aren't you lucky that chronologically that was the first song? I know, (laughs) right? I really, I did great on that one. (laughs) I I did mess up a little bit on my uh, chronological order and I apologize, but I kind of didn't know what to do. Uh, with Celia Cruz, because the next song that I put on was Oye Como Va, which is by Santana. Very, very popular um, guitarist. He was like known for his guitar plaguing. Um, And that's more of like Latin rock, if you will. Rachel, we know you like La Bamba. I assume that you'd heard the song Tequila in the movie The Sandlot. Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah Um, (laughs) so but I I feel like you didn't like Oye Como Va and I wanted to hear your feedback and have Michelle explain like the significance of that song because Santana is like a big deal a big deal and and that's great um but I just don't like how the song started and but once the, the song did get going it got better but still that start off. And that was that thing where I really think that start off on all of the songs really are important to me, but that one did not start off right and didn't hold me. Okay. So, yeah, so interesting fact about this song that I didn't know, it's actually a cover of another song that had been written in the sixties, but um, Santana kind of took it, made it his own. And he was one of the first people to not, like Americanized his name like he didn't have an American like stage name he was right. like no I'm Carlos Santana and that's my name and you are going to appreciate the music that I'm going to put before you and I'm not going to try to whitewash it or make it a little more palatable and I'm going to keep it all in Spanish and so he did kind of his Spanish rock self and that was in the 70s. And so, Allison, you had a fun fact that you wanted to share about. So, Rachel, something I discovered as I was preparing for this episode is that Santana, like the original lineup, actually played at Woodstock. Whoa, whoa, Woodstock whoa. Is. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so Rachel knows what Woodstock is. We talked okay. about it before. Yeah, we talked about that. I think it was in season two. Sure. Um, but I had no idea that they were there. And so I saw that today and I thought that was super cool. Um, 
just kind of further cementing their place as like a meeting point of musical styles. Yes. And I, I can see how Oye Como Va is kind of like a boring song. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't really make you want to dance, but it has a place in its history. And so that's why I put it there. But I had originally mentioned, I didn't know what to do with Celia Cruz because Celia Cruz, I put as number four. Uh, she actually started making music in the forties, wow. um, which technically should have put her at the beginning of this playlist, but she didn't start to gain traction until later. She made music for over 60 years. <laughs> Celia Cruz is considered to be the queen of salsa. She has more than 70 albums. She has outfits. Like if you've ever seen a picture of Celia Cruz, you will never forget it. Her, she has like big, crazy wigs, feather boas, sequins, like just imagine like all of the pageantry with this huge, amazing voice. She even has clothes that are in the Smithsonian right now. So she I got is- I got to tell you something. I was in Madrid, Spain, and I was there very close to around Easter. And so they had the whole Easter parade going on where it's very interesting and very um, religious and things like that. But then at the very end, they kind of have more of a, hey, let's have a party kind of event. And I remember this song in Madrid. And (laughs) and I was like, wait a second. I think I've heard this song before. (laughs) And so that was kind of funny. Do you mean for Carnival? Like at the start of Lent? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just check Yeah, around the there. Yeah. Um, that was at the Rock of Gibraltar. Madrid? Let's go with that. This yeah. song is everywhere. You still yes. to this day cannot go to a Latino like 15 años or a wedding without hearing this song and everybody going on the floor. Um I honestly, I think that if you just go to Spotify and just listen to like her top five songs, you know how Spotify ranks them. There's so much fun. You don't even have to know what she's saying. Um, She's Afro-Cuban. So that was a little bit different too, because she brought, she made a lot of people a little bit more comfortable with her, their Afro-Cuban heritage. Like she didn't just look Hispanic. And so it just kind of brought in another little flavor. Um, but she had just, she would fill arenas with tens of thousands of people. And yet the radio would not play her music. Mm-hmm. And so she just, she didn't explode, I think, until later in her career. But she really did start making music, you know, way before. So I just... I had to put Celia in there. It was really hard to only pick one song. So I would highly recommend if you liked that one, um, just go listen to a couple more. They're just so fun to just dance around to. Did you like that one, Rachel? So I recognized that song, but I did not like it. Uh, I liked the song, but it wasn't enough. I didn't like how the delivery of the lyrics, but I recognized the song. So that's good. What is, okay, I want to know what the delivery of the lyrics means when you don't understand the lyrics. Good point. Good point, Allison. <laughs> um, like, for example, is the other song that I didn't like, Balamoso, Mas, ba, Balamos? Balamos, yes. Okay. How, how he sang the song, or like um, Bob Dylan, you know, where you're like, Mm, those lyrics, I like the lyrics, but I really want the delivery in a different way. So she does have a very particular voice. Mm-hmm. I will say that um, she has a very good range. And so she was pretty surprising to a lot of people because she would dress very fanciful, but she had a voice that could do the work. She didn't need to rely on just the showmanship. Um, so I and I would say I can see I can say how her voice is a little low and it can kind of be weird to like listen to a woman who's singing so low, like with such a low range. So maybe that I don't know, but that's interesting. As a woman with a low range, <laughs> I 
take offense. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to two super famous women. Well, Ooh. more famous, <laughs> just more famous people, right. uh, Maria Estefan and Selena. So the music scene for Latin Latin America is actually very quiet for a while. So you've got Oya Comovas in like the seventies, like I think nineteen seventy, and then. Um, you kind of don't have anything until Conga, which is in 1985. So Gloria Stefan, she's in Miami. She's also from Cuba. There's this huge influx of Cuban immigrants. And all of the sudden, there's a little bit more of a demand for music that sounds like home. So she starts singing immediately. You know, she goes solo very quickly. And um, music, she is... Continue, considered to be the Latina Madonna. Like that that's her, sense. that's her nickname. So if that kind of gives you an idea of her stardom that she had, um, she was the first considered crossover artist to bring Latin American into the American pop scene. So until this time, you've got Oye Como Va, you know, kind of sneaking into the rock. Um, but you've got mostly everybody else is kind of staying in their, I'm only going to speak Spanish way of singing. And now you have Gloria Stefan, where she's like, I'm going to sing to you in a language that you're understanding, but I'm bringing all of my music and all of my culture with me. And so that would be kind of, she was considered to be the first like crossover. Apologies for my mispronunciation, Rachel. What did you think about? the song you've been kind of dancing silently since we started talking about it about conga yes yeah. Yeah. so um i've heard the song before because i've Woo-hoo. been things um but i didn't know it was gloria estevan but one of the big questions that i kind of had from this and i forgot to um think of it before until now is that so i really like the broadway production of west side story and I'm kind of thinking Conga was part at that same time period. Am I right? No, actually. So funny story. The West Side Story was in 1957. And she was the first. Rita Moreno, Rita Moreno was the first Latina to ever win an Oscar. The soundtrack became the top seller. And then that very next year is when our playlist starts with La Bamba and Tequila. So in a way, I didn't, I didn't include this because I didn't know, I was like, well, it's not about our playlist. But in a way, West Side Story kind of kicked off the very first Latin explosion, if you will. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. But yes, so this is a different time period. But of course, Gloria Stefan, anytime that she does any kind of interview or whatever, she will always say, you know, I'm. I might have pushed the door open a little bit, but I'm not the first. And so she is referring to other artists and women who have done that. And then um, you have Selena, who was huge in the 90s, just absolutely huge. This is early 90s. Um, Have you heard Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb before? Yes. Um, I have watched the Selena movie. Um, I think Uh a friend of mine back in college high school somewhere around there said this is my favorite movie you have to watch this movie to be my best friend and you know that's just how it went (laughs) (laughs) yes I don't remember what friend was the one that made me watch it but she had good taste in music because Selena (laughs) (laughs) and I personally have a connection to Selena so my mom said I did not grow up speaking Spanish at all um, but my mom said that I would run around the house with this little Spanish English pocket dictionary that I had. And I apparently labeled all of the things in the house in Spanish because I decided I was going to teach myself Spanish. And I have very vivid memories of putting on various Selena music and repeating, like, you know, when you would like record it on a cassette tape so you could like go back to it later. And listening to it over and over and over and over to try to train my ear to hear the Spanish words and to figure out what she was saying. 
And so I just personally have a little love in my heart for Selena because then later I grew up and I learned Spanish appropriately and I moved to Mexico and I felt like I could kind of hold my own because like, yeah, I've been listening to Selena my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) So wait a second. I never knew that about you, Michelle. You never didn't grow up knowing Spanish. No, not at all. Oh, you fooled me. (laughs) I fooled a lot of people, thank goodness. But Spanish (laughs) just came very easily to me. Um, But even, I mean, even when I moved to Mexico, I realized like, oh, I don't really know Spanish. I know like school Spanish. So Mm. it was, you know, the learning curve is always learning. (laughs) I was actually in the Spanish club in high school. Well, look at you. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything beyond Sesame Street Spanish, though. Oh, well, that yeah. happens to the best of us. <laughs> so, Rachel, you liked that song. You liked Selena. It had a connection point for you. I love the song, but there's a problem. Uh-oh. Once I got to that part of the playlist, right, where I have been, all right, La Bamba, Tequila, Conga Line. Then I got to a bitty, bitty bump bump. I got exhausted because at this point it was a cardio workout. (laughs) And usually for me, I would be able to go for my entire hour, but I had, I don't know why I usually can work out for over like for an hour. So it was just like, I had to put pause um, on the playlist there and kind of pick up later. Um, So because I think so usually, you know, I'm listening to music, cleaning or doing something around the house at the same time. But for that time period of the playlist, I wasn't cleaning or anything. I was pure on dancing in the living room. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Latin American or Latin music will do that to you. This music will just get you moving. And it, it happens to, to all of us. I listened to this playlist a lot with my son after watching Waffles and Mochi. He wanted to make oh, gazpacho. Yeah. And so this was our gazpacho playlist. <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> after dancing <laughs> in the kitchen to that. Um, can we jump forward to what, at least for me, is my personal Latin explosion time period with Ricky Martin and Santana again? And the sort of like late 90s, early 2000s. So a lot of times when people say Latin Explosion, this is what they mean is these songs right here. Um, So Gloria Estefan's um, big producer and the record company guy, Tommy Matola, for people who know music and know who that is. He um, was actually a big part of the push for this Latin Explosion. Uh, Ricky Martin was kind of like Celia Cruz. Ricky Martin had been performing since he was 12 years old. Um, He was in a huge band called Menudo, which was like a huge boy band. And everybody in Latin America knew who he was. No one in America did. And so Tommy Mottola, who was his record producer, was like, hey, guys, I've got this idea. Right. And so he's the one that is kind of credited with ushering in. And Ricky Martin is really, I, I personally remember watching those. You're, you're nodding your head, Allison. Like you yeah. remember watching those. I don't remember what the award show was, the VMAs or Grammys or something. Nice. And I mean, just seeing Ricky Martin for the first time. And you're like, what is this sound coming mm-hmm. into my ears? Right. Yeah. So, so. Like the Justin Timberlake of NSYNC. Yes, that's a great comparison. Um, Funny fact about Living La Vida Loca. um, He had never recorded in English before, but he knew English. And the people who were writing this song was like, what are some Spanish words that Americans know? Like we need to like make it really palatable for the American people for the English speaking people. And they knew that chain restaurant El Pollo Loco. And they were (laughs) like, Oh, everybody knows the word pollo means chicken and loco is crazy. And so that's why you got living La Vida Loca was because (laughs) they knew Americans knew the word loco. Yeah, but do Americans know that adjectives change from O to A depending on whether they're masculine or feminine? 
Well, you know what? They sure <laughs> did learn in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> so Ricky Martin is credited with like bringing in this new quote Latin explosion and Enrique Iglesias who had also been a an artist in his own right. His father was a huge artist, both of them from Spain. Um, and so Enrique comes out with Bailamos. And then right afterwards, Mark Anthony comes out with I Need to Know. I um, love all of these songs. <laughs> all of them. And you'll notice that Enrique Iglesias and um, Enrique Iglesias is actually on this playlist twice. And part of the reason that I put him on here twice is because he changed a lot over the years. And also Mark Anthony has two, I just ran out of time. Um, They are all still making music. um, But I would say Enrique and Mark Anthony are a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say respected because that sounds like Ricky Martin is disrespected, but their music is more popular to this day. Um, They have a little bit more staying power. Rachel, I want to know what you, what you thought about these songs. And then Michelle, I have a question about, I need to know. Okay. So, um, the living Levitic loco, I knew I've heard the song before, um, but I didn't know it was Ricky Martin. Um, cause I never connected that. And then, um, but I really, really liked the bass. And was kind of curious, was he the one that played the bass on it? As far as I know, he doesn't play music, any musical instruments. If he does, it's not something that he does regularly or would like do in concert. Um, He's mostly the singer, dancer, think more boy band, uh, Latin pop. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um... I need to know the song. I didn't know this was Mark Anthony. So, Mm -hmm. but I did know, you know, from those magazines that you see at the, right before you check out at the grocery store, Mark Anthony was married to Jennifer Lopez, right? Correct. And there was no Jennifer Lopez songs in here, right? Wait, is she just an actress? No. So I ran out of room for her. Um, and I didn't include her. I really thought about it because she was a big part of this nineties explosion. Um, but I left her out just due to time. Um, but she did play that Selena character in the bitty, bitty bop up song. Yes. So she played Selena. Um, but she also does her own music and she's even done several, even before she was married to Mark Anthony, she had done a couple duets with him before Um, mostly all in Spanish. Uh, She did a really, I would say she had a really big influence as far as like the New York Puerto Rican um, influence that we will see later in like Cardi B. I think a lot of that comes from JLo. I just didn't have time to include her. Um, And her music isn't, it is Latin, right? it kind of goes back to that question of what is Latin music? She is Latin. So does that mean all of her music is Latin? I don't know. But I didn't feel like if we're talking about salsa and cumbia and norteño and reggaeton, I just didn't feel like it had as much um, depth of genre that I could really point to. So that's a perfect segue into my question about I need to know, which is like, I know what a salsa sounds like and what a merengue sounds like, I think. Um, but what is that? What song is that? Like what so, type of what is Mark Anthony, right? No, just that one song. Like it's it has such like a formal, almost like ballroom kind of feel. But I'm like, it didn't quite sound like a tango to me. And I was like, is it a tango? That's a great question. Um, I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about that specific song. But I will say that Mark Anthony himself is considered to be the tropical salsa artist of all time. So maybe what you're hearing is some of the tropical, like it sounds different than a normal salsa that you might hear. So maybe what you're hearing is some more of that tropical influence. Um, But yeah, he's screams tripping me up. I don't know. I know it's, there's so many genres, right? right. There, and that's, that's the thing. 
Um, but I think it's really interesting. And I, again, I'm kind of kicking myself. I wish I would have changed the song for him. I wish I would have put on there a song um, called Vivir Mi Vida. Um, it is like so crazy good. And you've probably heard it. Well, I'm sure Allison has. I don't know, Rachel, you've been doing really good on your Latin music. I'm very proud of you. Um, I'm proud of me too. I really am. <laughs> um, but that song really did cement a lot of Mark Anthony's career. And I kind of wish I would have thrown that in there instead. Um, it's okay. So that's I your... Like I need to know. P.S. Yes. That's your P.S. homework is look up Vivir Mi, Vivir Mi Vida. Um, but yeah. And so Mark Anthony still continues to make music to this day. He is still topping like all of these crazy charts and winning all of these crazy awards. Um, but I think Allison, you're hearing some of more of that tropical influence because it does sound different than a typical salsa that you would consider. Yes. Yes. But I am no salsa expert. (laughs) What did you think of that song? Mark Anthony's song, Rachel? The I need to know. I need to know. Uh huh. Yeah, I I really liked it. It was on my like list. Um, Yay. That was one of those songs where um, how he delivered the lyrics um, allowed me to really sing along with him. And mm-hmm. as I was dancing at the same time, so I felt really cool enough that you know, just a week of listening, I'm able to ooh memorize some lyrics and get the moves going. Ooh, it really is allowing me to really enjoy the song. So. Yay, that makes my heart happy then. (laughs) So at the same time that all of these very clearly uh, Latin pop songs are coming to the forefront, then we have Smooth, which is Santana again, which we remember Santana was Latin rock. And Rob Thomas is the lead singer of Matchbox 20, who was like the biggest quote rock group at that time. And so um, Smooth comes along at this, the same time, same year, and is kind of showing like, hey, Latin music can sound in different ways. And to me, I think that that song has a lot to do with kind of the staying power of Latin music through pop, because it's one of the first big um, infusions, I guess we could call it, like, here's this mm-hmm. super popular rock singer with this super popular Latin rock singer. Let's make a song together. That's going to be so stinking awesome. Rachel, did you like this song? Oh yes. So this is actually one of the, one of my favorite songs on the list um, because of the smoothness to it. But as I kept listening through the week, it was kind of funny Oi Como Va was actually on my dislike list. And that was the same guy. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I can like and dislike him. So it was a very weird situation, but I still kept Smooth as my top number favorite song on the list. Cool. Well, Fun fact, Rachel, you are not alone <laughs> in the, liking that song because it is the second biggest selling single of all time ever. Wow. 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 So when we say single, we mean, we mean song. So the second biggest selling song ever, ever, ever. It stayed on the top 100 for 58 weeks. That's bonkers. A year has 52 weeks. So Uh like, and because it was through 1999 through 2000, it's the only song to have ever crossed like a decade because of that to like, I've been in the top 100 for area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song is just, you know, there are the songs that you get tired of hearing. You're like, Oh, please. I just don't ever want to hear this song. again. And I know most people we're like, this song is awesome. And then they got to the point where it was like, I hate this song. Please, radio, stop playing this song. For me, yeah. this song never got old, ever. I can still listen to it today and still jam out just as hard. It's so good. 
I still think of season three. Um, I think it was that bonus episode Friday song, or was it season <laughs> two or something like that? Friday, 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 that chick that kept singing about Friday. That right. was the terrible playlist that they oh, made yeah. for you. I hate right. that. And then that Barbie song was on there. Why are you yeah. talking about that? Because <laughs> we were talking about songs and they play them so much. Oh, yeah. I see. No, yeah, this song though is good. That's no, the, it's not <laughs> the opposite of that Friday song. The opposite, the opposite of that. <laughs> and that's honestly, Rachel, that's one of the reasons why I like you to listen to our playlist multiple times is because if something, if you like something and throughout that week, you, you know, you get exposed to it, you either might like it more or you get sick of it, right? Or you get sick of it and then it comes back around. That can happen. So, yes. So this all happens in like 1999 yep. and then Latin music goes quiet again. And mm-hmm. it isn't really until hips don't lie by Shakira, um, which is 2006 that it kind of jumps back again. And what's really interesting is um, so it says, you know, you can look on Spotify and it tells you it's Shakira, but it's also another artist. This other art- artist, Wycliffe Jean, he was in the Fugees for people who know music. Oh, okay. um, and he actually had this song written. I thought this was really fascinating. Um, this song was actually originally a, um, it's okay. a French and Arabic fusion song. Um. And he translated it, like switched it into English. And then Shakira hopped on. So when we're going back to our original conversation about genre, like this is French, Arabic, pop, hip hop, Latin. Like, do you see where <laughs> I'm saying? Like, there, what is Latin music, right? So um, this was the most played pop song in a single week in American radio history. They played this song to death. Rachel, had opinion. you ever heard that song before? Hips Don't, Don't Lie, yes. And oh, I okay. have actually a little song story about it. Um, oh. So the song does exactly what the t- title says. Um, it makes you move your hips. But I am a horrible dancer. A horrible mm-hmm. dancer. Allison has seen me dance. She's tried to teach me to dance. It just doesn't work. Anyways, my daughter, sadly to say, she's got horrible dancing skills. So (laughs) there's this time where my husband's videotaping us in the living room because he wants proof and he doesn't have any music to it. So it just looks like we're two crazy women just (laughs) in the living room, just probably having a, I don't know, thinking that we have a bee on us or something. (laughs) But dancing to this? This one, to this song. I would like to see that video. Me too. <laughs> I think I kind of made him to delete it. <laughs> uh, but it's a good one. Yeah. So one it's, of the reasons. One of the reasons that um, there was kind of this lull between like this huge explosion and then like no more music um, was because music went online, and so people stopped listening to the radio as much. And, but they didn't necessarily have access to streaming, right? So you remember Napster? Y'all remember downloading music? Remember how it was like illegal? And or if you got iTunes, caught, 99 cents a song? No, but like in my case, it was like I was illegally ripping songs. And if the, what was it, that NCC or whoever it was, if they found out like I was going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, like, it was a big deal. I don't admit to musical theft on there. Oh, that's probably a smart idea. I don't do it anymore, guys. Don't do it anymore. It's probably past, you know, seven years. There you go. There you go. I'm good. Um, so people who listen to Latin American music a lot, like, hmm, people who, who are in other countries might not have the access to all of the online things and so latin american music takes a big dip in popularity so Mm -hmm. hips don't lie by creating this fusion is saying hey i'm going to bring my people from my genre and you bring your people from your genre and we'll start combining them 
to make them more of kind of a mega hit, if you will. And if you notice, a lot of the songs after that on the playlist are with multiple people. And I think that that is why. Interesting. That is very interesting because, and that was one of the things I definitely did notice as we kind of got later into the um, playlist that there are just more people in the um, songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like Pitbull with the, I know you want me, which so catchy. (laughs) Love it. Um, That actually was a Euro pop song. It was like a Euro dance song. Oh yeah. And he said, you know, if I can, if I can add some Latin flair to it and that's what he worked on. And so you know, again, you've kind of got this like crossing of genres in that song, which I thought was super important. Did you so, like that song? I did. I actually yeah. had never heard that song before, but my husband had, and he knew all the lyrics to the song. And so he was singing this song throughout the week. <laughs> what does so, uh, Ponte a Jugar mean? <laughs> I will explain the lyrics off air. <laughs> okay. Sorry if I just cursed in Spanish accidentally. You didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, but what he is saying is an innuendo and we Got can it. keep this family friendly. Cool. Thanks. I look forward <laughs> to my informal Spanish lesson later. <laughs> Cause that's the only part in that song where it's like the music drops and I'm like, oh, there's a Spanish word I can hear, but I don't know what it means. Which okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm not Pitbull, but personally, I would think it would be hilarious to make a whole bunch of white people say all these like words that they don't really know what they're saying. Oh, for like, sure. I would just think that's funny, but that's just me. <laughs> and you liked that one, Rachel. So mm-hmm. let's wrap up our playlist. We just have a few more. A few more. And so really what I tried to do for the rest of them was just try to find kind of the big hits. I mean, there's been a bunch, um, Mm -hmm. but you've got Bailando, which I thought was really interesting because Enrique Iglesias, here he is again, um, kind of showing his staying power, but he's gotten smart to the whole crossover thing. He now records, yes. And he records a lot of his albums in English and in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So he will record them in multiple versions. And so then that way he can play to multiple markets, which in my opinion is really the way to do the crossover. Um, So that's why it says the English version, because there is a Spanish version. Right. Same thing with Despacito too, right? There's a Spanish version and an English version. So that one Despacito started with Jess Luis Fonsi, which funny story, when I was in Mexico, uh, Luis Fonsi really mostly sang ballads mm-hmm. and I really liked him and people would make fun of me. They were like, oh my gosh, you you listen to such like silly pop music. You should listen to this cool show, this cool artist or this cool artist. And I was like, I like Luis Fonsi. And then cut to Despacito being like the biggest song of all time, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, and so in this version, I put in the Justin Bieber version, because yeah. again, you've got this big pop artist saying, I'll bring my fans into what you're doing and I'll bring my fans. Cause Luis Fonsi is very uh, much like Ricky Martin, you know, very settled in his career and he had a big following. And so again, you've got kind of that mix of worlds. Had you heard Despacito before, Rachel? Mm, I'm not sure. But the song definitely made me want to see this song done live because I wanted to see the guy picking at the guitar. I thought that would be kind of cool to watch. Um, But no, I don't think I've heard that song before. How? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of songs in this. I know, but that one is is everywhere. And it was recent. So that's why I thought maybe you would, maybe you knew that. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. I did like it. I like the song. Okay. okay. Cool. And then again, you have Mi Gente, um, which J Balvin is now a huge juggernaut in his, you know, music career. Um, what I think is interesting is when I was in Mexico City, you would hear reggaeton, uh, which is a very specific 
sound. I don't know how to explain it, um, but it's, it's the way that the beat goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was in Mexico City, it was not popular at all. And it was like, oh, only like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was kind of like looked down on to listen to reggaeton. It was kind of like only those people from that area listen to that music. Like mm-hmm. it was not popular. It was not cool. It was more, I don't know. It was just looked down on. And now reggaeton is like this huge thing, even in American culture. Um, uh, you know, Michelle, that I have done Zumba like for years and years And, you know, obviously Zumba is an exercise. It's not like an art form, but they do try to incorporate a lot of different world music, including reggaeton. And so I guess my question is like, is it possible that it's like the exercise is like boosting styles of, you know, with like suburban white people like, like <laughs> or is Zumba like reflecting like, you know, the rise like in dance clubs and, and, you know, like just in the musical world of the popularity of that style. Does that's that a really great question. I hadn't thought about Zumba as being part of the reason for it, because obviously in Zumba, you want, high, you want high energy, good beat music, Yeah. Um, that's catchy. And I mean, that's reggaeton. So it's, exactly. it's very possible. I, I would be interested in learning more about that. I'm not sure. But again, J Balvin had his version of Mi Gente by himself. Mm-hmm. And then Beyonce, so funny story, Beyonce's daughter, Blue Ivy, was listening to it. And she was listening to it on repeat to the point where Beyonce and Jay-Z were like, okay, what is this song? What are you listening to? Uh-huh. And that's how, and then Beyonce's people, I guess, got in contact with J Balvin's people and was like, hey, I want to, I want to sing on that. Isn't that wow. That's Isn't that awesome. so cool. And um, all of the money that she made from that particular song, she gave to earthquake and hurricane victims mm-hmm. um, because that particular year there was lots of um, damage in the Latin American countries. And so she just gave it all back. Wow. That was very, cool. very cool. Question for you. Um, what yes. is that instrument used in that song? I tried to look that up. I even had my husband who is Mexican. I was like, what is this instrument? And he's like, I think it's just like an electronic machine. And I was like, okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. So one thing that might kind of burst your bubble a little bit, Rachel, but a lot of times artists don't necessarily have like real trumpets in studio when they're recording, but they have machines that sound like trumpets. I know your set, your face is so sad right now. I'm sorry. Um, and so they have all machines that can make lots of different sounds. And so I think that that's what this is. Hmm. Sally to say, yeah, that's a bummer. And Sally to say, I don't like the song either. That's okay. I will say that if you know the lyrics, um, I think the lyrics are pretty important on this one. So he um, actually wrote this song as a political statement in 2018 when he heard about um, Trump wanting to build a wall Mm. and his thought was music is universal and mi gente which means my people Mm -hmm. are from everywhere and so he again um, did a he sampled a French song and so part of what you're hearing is a French song And he wrapped and did his like reggaeton on top of it to make this very global song to say, you know, music is for everybody. Um, And so I think that maybe some of the lyrics didn't come through for you because obviously you don't speak Spanish. Um, But for me, like hearing what he's saying, um, it means a lot. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. 
And then, of course, we had to end it with I Like It by Cardi B. Such a good song. I've got to know, Rachel. I I put it on there. I was like, she's going to hate this. She's going to hate Cardi B. Was I correct? Yeah, you were. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just not, I'm not exactly sure what they were saying in these lyrics. But I didn't like how Cardi B was singing and how she started it off. So, so if I was the producer, which they obviously did not ask me to produce this, I would have done it differently. So (laughs) I don't know how I'd do it differently, but I would have done it differently. Well, I'm sorry you don't like such an awesome song. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something called trap, which is becoming more and more popular now. And trap is very similar to um, reggaeton, but it's talking about problems that people would have if they're living in a more urban place. And which, so considering like sex, drugs, um, things that would hold them or keep them trapped in the ghetto, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why it's called trap. So when she raps and when she sings, She's singing about a lot more real things, a lot more. It's it's not just like living the vida loca, right? Like not you're a not romance. Being like, yeah, you're not being like, I'm going to be palatable to the American culture. It's like, I'm going to talk about the things that are really hard. Um, but Trap is, I had to add her in there because that's a big part of where the Latin music and the pop music is going right now. And so I, I knew you weren't going to love it. I knew you were going to love the lyrics, but I did feel like it was important to add for that reason. Plus also it's awesome, but you know, (laughs) but I can see, I don't, I don't love Cardi B. I don't love the way she uses her words. I wish she would pick different words sometimes. Um, But she she is representative of where the genre is right now and where it's going and what it can be so yeah and and that's part of the latin explosion that you wanted to share with me that she's mm-hmm. part of it so from la bamba to all the way to cardi b <laughs> yeah with a lot in between so mm-hmm. rachel i hope you got all your questions answered yes i did i and- did Michelle, I can't thank you enough for how much research you did and how much care you took in creating such an amazing, like high energy, um, exciting playlist to get Rachel kind of caught up um, in the songs that are in Spanish that she missed (laughs) and in English too. (laughs) Um, I have to ask one question, Rachel, do you have a favorite song? Well, I, my favorite song is Smooth, right? Yes. Are you talking about in this list or favorite yes. out of all? Yeah. What's your second yeah. favorite song on here? Oh, 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 I need to know. Now. Yeah. That's a good- <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. That was Te- fun. Tequila is uh, one of my four-year-old's favorite songs, so... <laughs> fantastic (laughs) he knows exactly when to shout tequila Tequila! that's okay my son too knew mi gente because he would be like uno dos tres freeze and so you know (laughs) (laughs) so rachel um wow you've just really gone through an explosion are you ready to rate I am. I am. Are you ready okay. to do a drum roll? I mean, I need to know. Uh, uh, <laughs> one uh, being you don't like it at all. And uh, 10 being your hips don't lie. You're going to be listening to Latin music for a while. Where would you rate your likelihood of listening to more music in the realm of Latin. So you ready, Michelle? I'm so excited. You got a 10 for Whitney Houston. You're getting a 10 for the Latin explosion. Come on down. 
<laughs> I might have to retire from my podcast career just like while I'm out on top. But I'd like to thank the Academy and um, the Latin Emmy, the great. Emmy. I don't know. I think you're going to have to come back because, you know, NBA Jam 1994, she's on fire. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. How do you not know music, but you remember all the quotes from NBA Jam, 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 Jam? <laughs> yeah, Leroy Bird, you know, the Chicago Bulls. Rachel, that's okay. So I have to say, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you give a 10 where you had songs that you didn't like. So I think that shows like the diversity of this and all the different directions that you can go, the different artists that you can explore to see more of what you like that might be out there. If there's an artist in particular that you really liked, I can give you a couple more songs to listen to that might kind of further help you explore. Yeah. I I definitely want to see more of the Santana that of one that I disliked and one that I liked, because I want to see why there's that. (laughs) Sure. Well, Michelle, I can't thank you enough again for being here and joining us. This has been a real hoot and a good history lesson. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michelle. Like, honestly, you coming back from Whitney Houston, I just like, I'm so glad that you're here and I'm, I hope you come back again. Yay. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to top this, but I'll, I'll do my best. (laughs) Um. If you, our audience, want to follow along with Rachel's surprising journey into all things music, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, like and subscribe to this podcast and hear this playlist and all our playlists by just searching for Music She Missed in the Spotify search bar. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Bye. 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 I got a little confused. <laughs> <laughs>